This episode is part of a special series of guest appearances commissioned in response to the fast-moving worldwide coronavirus outbreak. We've rounded up experts from different fields for their take on managing the lifestyle and business adjustments this entails. Today's episode features entrepreneur Angela Vossen of Core Clinics, a multidisciplinary private health practice based in the heart of England and provides discussion against the backdrop of a national health service that's struggling to handle the impacts of the outbreak. This episode was recorded on the morning of Monday, March 23rd, 2020, in the midst of a rapidly changing situation, and just seven hours before UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced brand new isolation enforcement measures Angela shares some eye-opening predictions and a stark warning that most of the populace remained yet to heed with respect to managing their health in the face of a dramatically unfolding crisis and a health service that's unlikely to be able to cope. This message is for a largely unhealthy nation to begin adopting a variety of healthier habits and behaviours that will protect their health and avoid them having to rely on an overburdened National Health Service. Welcome to today's special episode. Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a life that's free from the bonds of corporate slavery? Maybe you're already on that journey, but you're still figuring it out. This show aims to show you the way by sharing the real stories strategies, tactics, trials and tribulations of freedom seekers at different stages of their journeys, from running a business on the side to serial entrepreneurs who've launched and scaled multiple multi-million dollar firms. Hello, I'm Craigie B. This is Corporate Escape Plan. Okay, so before we get into today's introduction for today's guest we do need to cover off a general disclaimer for what's to follow so as we're talking about health and wellness we just need to cover ourselves with this following disclaimer so any health wellness fitness or nutritional opinion or information contained in the discussion that follows here today is for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute nor as a replacement for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other appropriate healthcare professional do not disregard, avoid or delay obtaining the medical or health related advice from your healthcare professional because of something you may have heard on this show or seen on any of the video that we've used in today's recording session. The use of any information provided is solely at your own risk and the opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast show are those of the individuals concerned 
and do not necessarily represent the views of their associated businesses or official advice channels such as government or NHS. Okay, so here goes. Hey, hey, it's me, Craigie B. Welcome to another edition of the Corporate Escape Plan podcast. Today's guest is here in no small part due to the growing recommendation of one of our previous guests, Social Media Todd. He told me in no uncertain terms to get this particular guest onto the show. And that is one very big reason why she's here today, but she's a, she's a really interesting character and she has a lot of value to share with us today. So as part of our new coronavirus special series of episodes, here to talk to us about entrepreneurial health in these uncertain times is Angela Vossen. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Craig. Hi. So I would like to you to invite you to share a little of your backstory and how you ended up doing what you're doing today. I know that you have your own corporate escape story. I do. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So my background was um, kind of big blue chip marketing and um, sort of business strategy. So starting with kind of market research, I then worked for Coca-Cola and then I moved into marketing services agencies and I worked for, well, several of the biggest um, agency groups in the world, um, originally in account management and then in strategy. Um, My husband, Stefan, is a clinician. Um, he is from a huge family of clinicians. His dad's a GP, um, his uncles are chiropractors, all his cousins are orthopedic consultants and all the rest of it, uh, all across Europe. And so he grew up in that environment. Um, we've got five children between us. Um, and so when, we, when I had my youngest, who's seven now, um, we kind of knew that we needed to make a lifestyle change. Um, we were living in North London. Uh, Stefan was driving up to Warwick. Um, his two girls were in rugby um, and I was at the other side of London. So um, the practice that he had been working in, which was just a small healthcare practice at that point in time, we decided that we would grow it. That was partly because Stefan had a clinical patient care vision about developing the best possible clinical outcomes for patients and it was partly because it I wanted to I'd worked for so many brands that didn't make the world a better place people didn't really need you know credit cards and junk food and all the rest of it and um I could see that if I teamed up with Stefan with my skill set I could help him and our team to transform people's lives Mm. Um, and so that's why we that's why we did it and you know in the process we could help our families so we moved up to Warwickshire and the clinics in Warwickshire we live in um, Solihull in the West Midlands Mm -hmm. and about seven years ago when my little little boy was born and um, initially I was going to take a bit of time out and be with the kids. Well, that didn't happen um, because the lease on our first premises ran out and we then found a new premises. And in the course of about six months, we went from a team of about eight people to a team of 30 clinicians and, um, and uh, patient care people. Um, 
and our overheads uh, increased overnight by 200%, 300%. And so I had a, you know, I had a little boy, we just moved house and we were both working 70, 80, 90 hour weeks on making it happen. We went on a massive learning curve because we'd gone from providing kind of chiropractic and physiotherapy into providing a completely integrated healthcare clinic. So we had GPs, we had mental health professionals, we had, um, you know, everything. We had to register with the Care Quality Commission, which is like the Ofsted of healthcare, mm-hmm. which, you know, I had no background in and I had to do it myself mm-hmm. and it took, you know, mm-hmm. in about three months. Um, we, you know, all of the challenges that you have with running a business. Um, we somehow got through it, you know, and, and came out the other end. And um, now we're kind of four or five years on from that. And we have one of the um, most successful multidisciplinary private healthcare practices probably in the whole country. Um, we have treated about 10,000 patients to date. Um, we um, we specialise in helping people with chronic health conditions, and they're people that the NHS has always struggled to help, but even more so now because a lot of these things are lifestyle conditions. You can't just give someone a pill. Um, we try to, but of course, it doesn't take the problem away. You know, a, a pain problem you need to understand kind of what's causing it mm. so typically been they've gone round the nhs roundabout multiple times and they've tried lots of single treatments to deal with things and it hasn't worked and that's because you need a multidisciplinary approach you need to look at the mental health the physical health the nutritional health and you need to get professionals to collaborate in the right way in the right order to manage people through that journey and you have to change the way they think about their health and the way they understand why they're in pain so yeah quite a lot to deal with and i think this last year was probably the point where we thought okay we're really getting this now you know Mm. we weren't profitable until then because there was so much investment you know in r d in team in technology Mm. so um, you know, our income dropped by, I had a six-figure salary when I was working in London, and our income dropped to about a quarter of what it was. Um, And, you know, so we've been through all of that. We were just getting there. And and now we find ourselves today, um, we took the decision um, on Sunday morning that we were going to close the clinic. Um, we didn't do that for financial reasons. We've still had a busy diary. We've taken as much money this March as we did last March, and we've got people with appointments booked in. So some businesses like ours have already had to close because everybody's cancelled. Mm-hmm. Because of the type of care we deliver and we're helping people with ongoing conditions, and because of the loyalty we've generated in our patients over the years, our patients still wanted to come into us. In the last few weeks, we've been looking at all aspects of what we do, um, and we've already had we've, we had fantastic infection control in any way. You know, we've got hand-mounted hand sanitizers in every room. We've got all of these things, but we've upped it even more. But 
looking at the way things have developed over the last 24, 48 hours, we do a daily risk assessment and we came to the conclusion that even with all of those measures in place, it was no longer safe for our practitioners, our patients and the wider community for us to have people physically coming into the clinic. Mm -hmm. We never thought we would do that in a million billion years and there will be a lot of business owners you know and employees finding themselves in that situation at the moment and I think just the mental processing that you have to go through to do that something that you've built up with blood sweat and tears and you know invested thousands of hours and pounds in you then decide that you need to close it and you don't know what's going to happen um, we we're only getting through it because we have an incredible team and we've worked so hard to get that team so now we have some of the resources that we're going to need in the coming months to to try and you know adapt and innovate and evolve and anticipate how are we going to be able to continue to serve our patients how are we going to be able to continue to serve the healthcare sector and um, so from closing our clinic on Sunday, we've now set up an entirely online video conferencing based platform, which we're going to offer to our patients. We've set up a Facebook community mm -hmm. where all of our practitioners will engage with the community to help people who are going to have their access to healthcare cut off, not just for a few weeks, but for a long time, to do everything they possibly can, proactively, preventatively, to manage their health. I, I don't think, seeing things on the news and um, hearing people, I don't think people understand yet what we're headed in for. Yeah, so... I I know that from what you've said, you, you've you you've moved very quickly from seeing yourself seeing your business remaining open for business as usual, yeah. and making a sudden shift. Yeah. We were talking before before we began recording that yesterday morning you you still thought you were going to be tra trading pretty much business as usual this week, and yeah. within the space of a few short hours. You've, you've changed uh, and radically overhauled your entire approach to your business. Now, I'm interested to know not only the fact that there's been some very fast changes that, that have prompted you to take that decision, but I'm also interested to see your view of the future uh, and potentially what you see for people making making large life adjustments and how they need to deal with that. Yeah, so adjustments in what, can we maybe focus it in a bit more specific? Yeah, sure. So, everything's going to have to adjust, so. Yeah, so for, for you, you're changing your business from meeting people face-to-face -to, -face to helping them online, but there's lots of, Lots of people out there who are going through a process of self-isolation, which is brand new yep. for, for them. Yeah. Lots of people are finding themselves having to work from home for the first time. 
they're they're not used to that they're also not used to having the children around them potentially yeah but additionally there's there's a need for people to protect their health and there's there's a whole there's a whole load of pressures there's the fear of the unknown and all of that there's the anxiety that can attach to radical change in approach how do people protect their health in this kind of situation so you know that that was actually that was why we decided to close because you know the last few years i've been i've been a you know i've developed anxiety which i never had before because of the financial uncertainty of running a business because of the stress of managing people because of all of those things and um, when this uh, crisis started to develop i was obviously like we all were worried about well, what's going to happen what's going to change you know etc looking to the government looking to other people to tell me you know what should i do and um you know we were trying to adjust we were trying to be agile we were trying to quickly change our mental perspective and you know and kind of go okay i can't mourn yesterday i have to think about two days ahead Mm. Um, and so we were doing everything we possibly could because at that point in time I still thought that the worst thing in the world that could happen was for us to close our business because that's what we've been working for for the last God knows how long. And then on Sunday at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I, and I said to my husband, I don't care if we are bankrupted, we are you know, homeless on the street and we have nothing after this. We all need to be alive and well. Because that's the only thing that you you know, the only thing that is irreversible is death. Yeah. Yeah. Anything yeah. else? I, I know it's really difficult for people to get their heads around this. You know, I might not have food. Okay, but we we will get some. You know, it's not going to be forever. You know, yeah, you'll be hungry. Yeah, you'll lose weight. Yeah, you will have to eat stale bread okay but you will you'll be alive um yeah you know we we live in um a rented house um because we took all of the money out of my house in london to try and you know put it into the business and mm. um, we might be evicted if we can't keep up with our rent we don't know but if we're still alive we can start again yeah and, th- and that's that's what i want to say to people i really understand and my you know my heart breaks for people that are, are scared and are being driven by fear and panic and all the rest of it and the problem is when your fear response is that heightened you cannot think rationally yeah you it's a different part of your brain that is is working so if most people are making their decisions at the moment from that place from fear Mm -hmm. and they think the worst thing that could possibly happen is that they lose their job or that you know whatever no the worst thing that can happen is that you die Mm. or that you cause because of the things you're doing now you cause people that you love to die or you know all of those things and and that's i mean i can't even believe i'm having this conversation it's just surreal isn't it but that was what I realised, and I and I was um, 
So that was what changed it for me. That's irreversible. So you have to start there, I think. And you have to say, okay, if I don't have my health, and that's right from, you know, I'm not dying of this horrific virus right the way through to I'm not going to die of a heart attack. I'm not going to be in such a bad place mentally that I, that I want to commit suicide. Right the way down to, you know, I have a chronic pain condition and how am I going to cope with that? If you don't have your health, none of the other stuff will matter. And people always pay lip service to, oh, you know, health's more important than wealth. But we don't behave in ways that, you know, that support that. Um, mm. I think that people are, there's so many things that I'm seeing that people are going, well, why haven't we always done this? You know, animals coming back, pollution going down, um, people realising there are many benefits of working remotely. Why haven't we always done this? It takes something like this sometimes for us to do what we should have been doing anyway. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, we've gone through all of the emotions about, you know, being bankrupted, not being able to pay us our team wages, um, you know, um, being homeless, all of those things. Um, but if we are if we get sick, none of that matters. And if we are in such a bad place at whatever, this will end, but life will never be the same again. So if we are not in a place mentally and physically, and the people that we support are not in a place mentally and physically, that when we do come out the other end, that we can start again. Yeah. Then, you know, however bad it gets, we will get through it and then we will be able to start again. Um, so of all, you know, of all the things that people are worried about, you know, the financial things and, and their homes and their jobs, I believe the most important thing is, is health. And, and that, if you don't have that, you will not be able to rebuild any of the rest of it. Um, and so, that's where we have to start. So people have to start, you know, the behaviours that will get them through the next day. So they're not being driven by their stress brain, being driven by, okay, I have to try and eat something nutritious today. I have to drink water today. I have to stretch, you know, I have to do something physical which will release endorphins, which will, you know, I, I need to walk around the block while I'm still allowed to. You know, you don't feel you want to do that, but not only will that get you through today, but establishing those health habits will get you through the next few weeks and will stop you ending up in such a bad health state that you can't rebuild once we do get through it. And um, we're putting in routines for our children to do the same thing and we have to do it for others yeah now we were talking weren't we before we started recording that from your perspective you still feel that there's a large percentage of the populace who still don't quite haven't quite grasped what we're heading into right here uh, in terms yeah. of the impact of what's happening on 
the National Health Service, for example, and the way that that impacts on the importance of people managing their own health these days. And I'd like to invite you to talk a bit more about that, your view of the, the proximate future in that regard. Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, it's changing every minute. Yeah. And, you know, um, we wouldn't, the conversation we would have had yesterday wouldn't be the same one we had now. In the immediate situation, and I think this has been all over social media, and I think the latest kind of Boris Johnson statement, even the kind of, you need to do this now to prevent people dying, people are still not taking that advice. They are still not following um, isolation. They're still not following social distancing. They're still not doing those things. There was the, they, they said the pubs needed to close and in London, in the cities, people were in busy pubs, you know, because it was the last time they'd get to do it. They're, those people are, are about to kill other people. It, it literally is that bad. Um, mm. And that's, you know, so people need to change that immediate behaviour. You need to socially distance. You need to scrupulously follow the medical advice. And you need to follow the advice that's coming directly from the government website. So you can sign up on the website to, to email updates. So every time the government issues an update to the advice, you get that straight in your inbox. So you're not having to go all around social media and go, oh, are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do that? It, it will be, you know, so I got the email about the school closures and the exams into my inbox before my children's school emailed me. So that's what people need to do in the immediate infection control, flatten the curve thing, okay? Mm -hmm. um, people, um, if it is, I thought it wasn't going to be possible for us to stay at home. I thought we would have to physically go into our building. We're at home now. We, we have no intention of going to anywhere public. Yeah. You know, we will, I've, all, I've, I've got a hold of, what, what online grocery de deliveries are still available. And I've also said to my team, if you can't get any, I'll try and put some on there for you. And I've also reached out to my local community to say, you know, we'll try and help you. Um, mm -hmm. So people are going, oh, I have to go out to work. Do you actually, you know? Well, yeah, I, I look at us right now, we're talking face to face using technology that Exactly. And, and actually, this is we're using an application called Zoom yeah. that actually, at its basic level, is free to use. Absolutely. So, so, so I think yeah. One of the one of the things one of the things that people are struggling with is if they hadn't if they don't already have. So, for example, you know, a lot of older people they've never done online grocery shopping. So, you know, they didn't they were starting completely from scratch. Whereas other people, it's like, oh, I do do online shopping, so I'll just do it a bit more. Um, so part of people's ability to respond quickly is based on what they already knew, you know, what they already had in place. Um, so that's part of the problem is people, some people are in denial and some people understand a bit more, but they just don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And um, I'm actually hearing, um, they, there was a lot going around about you know teenagers being very blasé because they've been told that their death rate would be lower, and I think the parents are really clamping down on that now. 
but I'm hearing more from my friends about their older relatives, you know, people in their 70s and 80s with pre-existing health conditions um, who are not following the social distancing advice. And it's kind of like, well, we survived the war, mm. yeah, but this is not a bomb. Um, so, so in the very immediate, urgent time, people need to, you know, sort have a word with themselves because they're going to kill themselves and other people. And that is absolutely the case. And they're going to kill our NHS doctors at a faster rate than they need to. Um, if you then kind of go a few weeks ahead, already huge parts of NHS provision have fallen over, okay? Um, so GP practices have closed. Mm -hmm. GP practices can't even offer telephone consultations because they've got too many staff off. Um, uh, hospital admissions for anything which is not immediately life-threatening, forget it. Mm. Um, we were contacted by um, local consultants, um, orthopaedic consultants, spinal neuro consultants, about a week ago, um, saying they would need, they, they needed to refer patients to us. Yeah. These are not patients with minor problems, these are patients in agony, okay? Mm. They're not going into hospital and they're not going to be going for, you know, however long. Yeah. Um, and we just don't know how long that's going to be now. I, I suspect if you're talking about something like a hip replacement or, um, you know, the, the leading cause of disability, the leading cause of days off work is back pain. Does that surprise you? And then mental health issue is the other one, kind of depression. So back pain is the leading cause of disability and the leading cause of days off work. Right. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's massive. Um, and obviously, a lot of people get back pain a little bit and then they kind of, and then it goes away and they're all right. But there's a lot of people that have chronic complex back pain and it means um you know it has a massive impact on their lives everybody who gets a little bit of back pain or who currently has chronic back pain isn't is going to have their access to the usual source of support gone okay yeah. they're not going to be able to go to their gp they're not going to be able to go to the physio because it's not safe they're not going to be able to work out in the gym because they're closed and it's not safe. They're not going to be able to put on a surgical waiting list and go and see the, cons the consultant because people are not controlling this, vac this um, virus and the consultant is going to be dead in a few months if, if people don't sort themselves out. Or if they're not dead, then they will only be operating on people with uh, life-threatening spinal issues because there are, there are some that if you don't get it, if you don't get it operated on you're going to be paralyzed or you'll die so all of the things that people would normally do to manage a little bit of back pain or really bad back pain or the fact that they've got um, a herniated disc and depression and diabetes it's going to be pulled away from them and, and, you know, we don't know for how long, but, you know, the government's already talking about the fact that we're going to have to follow social distancing for at least the rest of the year. So that basically means that's going to apply to healthcare. 
you know, the, the, the sector of the population that we potentially going to lose the most people in, we've obviously got more vulnerable patients who if they become infected are more likely to die. So the older patients and people with pre-existing conditions. But the people who are most exposed on the front line are our NHS workers. Yeah. So there's going to be more demand because everybody who would have been treated bit by bit in the next few months, in the next few years, their conditions are going to get worse. You know, so something that would have been a simple, you know, somebody who was a bit down, a bit depressed is going to become suicidal. Um, somebody who um, was, you know, their knee was giving them a bit of jip is going to go to the point where the only thing that you can now do for them is a knee replacement, but they're not going to be able to have it. Um, this is what's this is what's coming. And um, I don't think people have in any way got their head around it. It's also things like, um, so and while we're still allowed to kind of go out, you know, around the, to the park and socially distance, I've got a bike for my little boy and I've got a helmet and all the rest of it. So things that we would do that normally if we injured ourselves or something went wrong, we'd be able to get help for, they'd now kill you possibly. Or you're risking, you know, you're risking taking your child who you think might have broken their arm into the hospital mm. where they bring the virus back. And, you know, that, that's, this is reality. I'm not in, I, I, I need to stress this to people. I am not in any way scaremongering here. If anything, I'm underplaying it. You know, we were seeing the videos on social media from people from Italy and, and these places that are ahead of us saying, you need to lock down now and, and see what was happening. And, and we didn't listen. Mm. As a country, we didn't listen. Um, I'm not scaremongering. This is what's going to happen. So we have to now immediately change our whole mentality about our health. We cannot behave anymore as if the NHS will fix us when we destroy our health you know we can't go on the assumption that if we make lifestyle choices about our nutrition and our, our, our how we manage our stress and sleep and you know all of these things and um, if we don't make good choices with those things and um, we will become ill we will develop um you know diseases uh, heart disease and lung diseases and cancers and all the rest of it and the NHS is not going to be able to cure us anymore. So we, we, we need to begin assuming that the NHS as we know it isn't going to be around for a period of time. And we, the reality is, based on what you're sharing here, based on your proximity to and dealings with people in, in the National yeah. Health Service, yeah. what, what I'm detecting here is that we need to begin returning to ways of managing our health that maybe we haven't uh, we haven't adhered to for decades and yeah. you know i think back to the post-war years when actually the, the populace was, was relatively healthy and a lot yeah. of that was because of rationing and stuff like that yeah absolutely so, yeah. you know we weren't in those days we weren't mass consuming processed foods and all the rest of it yeah. 
So yeah. with the necessary disclaimers, yeah. could you maybe give us some general tips across the board, the things that people could be doing for their mental health and, and also, you know, for like on the nutrition side, the exercise side, uh, yeah. uh, we, with a nod to the fact that, you know, we're, we li- we're having to self-isolate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, where to begin? I know that's a, quite a tall order. Yeah. <laughs> this might sound like a massive oversimplification, but yeah. part of this is we need to start doing what we've been told to do all along and we just haven't yeah. in general. Yes. You know, that, that, so people know that they're supposed to eat a healthy, nutritious diet, but they just don't do it. Now, you can't blame individuals because our behaviours happen in the context of the society we live in. Yeah. So you know, if you are surrounded by junk food and fast food and all of this kind of stuff, um, it's really hard to make those healthy choices. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is, the context that we're making those health choices in is going to change. Mm-hmm. So in actual fact, to an extent, that's going to do it for us. Because if be, you can't go to McDonald's on the way home, you can't. Exactly. Exactly. So the irony is that some of the things that at the moment we think are horrific and, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to go to the pub and I'm not going to be able to do this, they're going to be the things that are going to force us to make the changes. So Mm. some of that could be beneficial. Um, But then there's the things that we can choose to do ourselves. And I think the thing I would say there is um, if you possibly can start to be proactive rather than waiting to be told what you should do. So, um, you know, to the best of your ability and your finances and what you can practically get hold of, start eating a, a nutritionally balanced diet. You know, there's infinite online resources that you'll be able to access that will give you tips. We've got some that I'll share you with in a minute. And if you have specific health concerns like your celiac or your diabetic or whatever, then you, you're going to have to try your best to seek out the best possible healthcare professional that you can get hold of. And that's going to be a challenge. Um, we all know we should exercise, you know, it, it, but, who, you know but, but we don't. Yeah. But then we're doing it in a context that all the normal ways that people exercise, like going to the gym and stuff, we're not going to be able to do. So we're going to have to, again, reinvent how we do that. And that will get you through the day at the moment. Mm. And that will potentially save your life in the long term. So again, you know, even if you had us have to walk around your garden or up and down your stairs 50 times, do it. You know, it will release endorphins. It will, it will give you something to do so that you don't go stir crazy. It will get your heart rate up and it will stop you putting on weight, you know. So start in whatever way you can within the restrictions of the situation you find yourself in. You have to start doing what you've been told to do by healthcare professionals for for years and you've ignored. Um, In terms of mental health, um, there, there is, again, go online but you know when you're looking for um expert advice look at look at the credibility of where it is you know 
So you've got to be so careful because there's so many social media influencer type people who put up their ridiculous diets which have no evidence base, right? Mm -hmm. And people have listened to them and gone along with what they've said. You cannot pay any attention to them. You have to go to reputable sources for your online content. You have to look for regulated healthcare professionals. So that is your doctors and nurses, but it's also chiropractors. It's people who are um, regulated by the GCC, the General Osteopathy Council, the Health and Care Professions Council. So these are people who are legally regulated by the government and they have to use evidence and they have to meet professional standards. So you're looking for online information now more than ever you've got to go to people who actually are, are, are evidence-based you cannot follow you know um people who aren't um so we've talked about nutrition we've talked about mental health and um, we've talked about exercise um if also a lot of people will have specific health issues you know it, uh, some of the very common ones are um, musculoskeletal problems um, a lot of people have digestive kind of gastroenterological type things um, like diabetes um, both men and women can have hormonal issues you know menopause testosterone deficiency and mm -hmm. um, ordinarily people often manage them with medications they may not be available um, but there's, there are things that you can do with diet and lifestyle and so on to help with some of those things. So if you have an existing health problem um, which you are receiving either you know, medication or NHS support or that you're managing with the help of the wider health and social care sector, uh, so maybe you, know, maybe you go and have a sports massage once a, once a month. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you do Pilates because, you know, you've got a bit of a bad back. So if you've got an existing condition, you need to start thinking now about how you're going to stop that getting worse because you're not going to be able to manage it in the ways you normally would. So, you know, if you've only, if, if you've only been able to deal with your back pain because you see your chiropractor once a month, you're not going to be able to do that because they won't be physically open for however long and um, if you if you've been having counseling and you go and see your counselor you're not going to be able to physically go and do that so you need to think okay can i do it online um are there apps or you know how am i gonna how am i gonna do that mm -hmm. you need to think proactively now because Things that you do or don't do now could be the difference between you being able to manage that condition through this or it get into such a bad place that your life's a misery. So yeah, if you know you've got an underlying health condition, you need to specifically focus in on how am I going to manage my way through that. Yeah. yeah. That help? Is that what? Yeah, that, that's, that's wonderfully well-rounded introduction to the subject of navigating this period that, that we've that we're entering into of self-isolation and the challenges that go with that and you know knowing a, a little about 
your take on it from your proximity to the you know the health industry as a whole yeah. it's re really helpful and Good. we we talked a little bit before we got before we did this episode about the fact that you know this is a fast changing situation and yeah. we 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 talked didn't we about the fact that this could potentially be the first of a, a series of episodes that we do together because you, you're part of a multidisciplinary practice where yeah. we can potentially draw on the expertise of different members of your team to help our audience with navigate the questions Absolutely. that will inevitably arise in the weeks and months ahead. You know, Absolutely. Because we're all learning together uh, about how we going to actually navigate the, the these these times these uncertain yeah. times so i know you've already said that you, you're up for partnering on producing content as it's required so i really appreciate that now you did in fact mention that you you've created a community that that's designed to help people navigate the, the this yeah. period however Absolutely. long it may prove to, to pan out for. Could you yes. tell us a bit more about that group? Yes, so basically overnight, since we closed our clinic, we have been thinking, how do we continue to serve our patients and how do we reach them and how do we serve the wider community and how do we take the pressure off the NHS and how do we serve, what can we best do? And so, for our existing patients, we're looking to offer as much as we can in an online platform, and that's pretty much ready to go. Yeah. For, um, but also for patients who can't, who feel they can't or don't yet need to or don't want to access this sort of individual consultations, we've set up a, a group on Facebook called Core Connect. So our, our Facebook page is Core Clinics UK, and then we have a group. It's, we're inviting people to the group. And the group and is called Core Connect, is that correct? Core Connect. Core Connect. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's uh, a Facebook group and that's free for people to join. Do, do they need to answer any questions so, to get in? Yeah. So what we've done is, so all of our multidisciplinary team of experts will be engaging in there. We've, we've divided it up into different types of health concerns and things that people will be worried about. Um, yeah. So you have so our GP will be on there, our musculoskeletal team will be on there. So we've got chiropractors, podiatrists, uh, physiotherapists, massage therapists, occupational therapists, and um, we've got our mental health um, people on there. So we've got clinical psychologists, um, performance psychologists, coaches, emotional well-being practitioners. We've got our registered nutritionists on there. So basically, whatever your immediate or mid-term or long-term health worries and priorities are, we've got experts on there. We are, we are producing content, we are producing videos, we're producing resources, and we will also engage with the peer-to-peer -peer, um, discussion to kind of moderate it, because again, we're creating a place where people with the same types of health issues can, can share, mm. but one of the problems we're seeing is there's so much um, wrong information out there and in health that's really really dangerous so 
if it's a community which has only got people with the health problem in there and it hasn't got healthcare professionals in there, they could be radically misinforming one another about what they should do. So our team, because we have so many different um, regulated healthcare professionals, they will be able to moderate and say, in actual fact, there's not good evidence for this. Mm. Or, you know, to help. So it's kind of, we're, we're letting people support one another with their health ideas and tips and problems and concerns. But we're also going to try to not let wrong information spiral out for people. Sure, yeah. We, we literally have just set it up and we've got about 200 people invited and we're starting the process. Everybody can join and we'll kind of build it. But our intention is, for as long as we possibly can, to provide you know, evidence-based, engaging, accessible, useful content to help people make the radical change they need to make in how they think about health, in how they take care of themselves, and in what they're going to do when all the healthcare professionals and things they would normally use are not available to them. So um, it's evolving all the time. Um, but yeah, start there. And um, if you if people need more specific because all of the stuff on there is obviously it is not um it it's advice and information in a general sense and um, we can't get into a discussion with an individual about their particular health issue so if somebody says okay this content's really useful to me but there's something specific to me or there might be something very personal to them you know um, health is one of the things that we're most protective of our personal information about. So if, if people need, if people really do need to access um, a, an appropriately qualified healthcare professional, we will do everything in our power to get them to connect with that person. It is probably going to be online, it's probably going to be video conference, but we have secure, clinically secure platforms we have the facility to record the consultation or the exercise plan or whatever, so we can send it to people so that they can they can then follow that exercise plan. So we're trying to cover every bit of it from people that just want to, they're in good health, but they want to stay that way, right the way to people who are in a, a terrible health situation. And if they don't have support, it could be fatal. Um, it's it's hard, but as a team, we are we're absolutely dedicated to do everything we possibly can, um, and and you know we when we come out of this, um, we want the population to be as healthy as it can be, and we want there to be an NHS, and we want there to be a um, a health and social care uh, sector and and you know think, that, so we're just doing the best we can i think it's incredibly valuable what you're doing here and i i applaud the speed at which you've switched you adjusted and found ways of continuing to support people 
and you know embracing technology finding ways to exploit that to to continue to serve people when you're no longer able to deal with people face to face and yeah. you know the speed at which you've you've managed to pull this off is, is incredible it's to be applauded and there's some real entrepreneurial lessons to, to to be had from that yeah so you know well done and it's a really yeah. valuable thing that you're doing so that's core connect facebook group check it out now bearing in mind that we do have a, an audience we, we already know even though the podcast is only three four weeks old at, at the time yeah. that we're recording this we know we have listeners in the united states canada and singapore to name just a few can people yeah. from outside the uk join this group Yes, they can. Yeah, it's um, they just need to send us a a a, a, a request, and we can share the link for the group, um, and they just have to join. Okay, that's great. Um, the, the, by the way, the reason that we've set it up at the moment as a private group rather than a public group is because with everything we're trying to deal with as a team, if we instantly made it open to everybody, the whole thing would fall over because you know we we're learning how to manage a group. So we need it to gradually grow so that we can actually deal with it. So, um, yeah. so that's why it's a private group um, at the moment. Okay, Current, currently it's a private yeah. group. Yeah, for all but the right reasons, it's, it. about, it's about developing it at a pace you can handle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, because if we, if we suddenly had, you know, everybody in the world who has a disc hernia, on our group asking questions we can't serve anybody properly yeah and um, so we have to you know we have the clinical knowledge but you know we as individuals as families as a team of people we're going through the same changes that all everybody else is so that's take you know we're having to look after ourselves as well um, and we're having to um you know we were fortunate as a team because we, you know, I was already set up with a lot of things. You know, I I know how to edit the back end of some of my WordPress site. I, um, you know, we already had a platform that we could use for these video conferences. We just weren't using it much, mm -hmm. so we had some of the building blocks in place, kind of preemptively. But now we're having to rapidly escalate our usage of them. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah. So what we so. You know, I know quite a lot about how to manage Facebook pages and ads and all the rest of it, but the rest of my team don't. So I'm having to teach them remotely while they're dealing with, you know, panic buyers and whatever and their, you know, their family. Um, so we're having to, we're moving as fast as we can, but we also have to be aware that if we, if we individually and collectively try to move too fast then we will fall over as well yeah. and then we won't be able to help people so it's kind of balancing that and i guess that this whole situation that's what it's about it is balancing you as an individual against your relationship with other people in society you know um so a lot of the reason we're in this situation now is because we have become so 
well, a lot of people have become so individualized and selfish and it's all about me mm. that if they thought that, oh, well, if I get this thing, I'll probably be okay. And so therefore they thought it was okay for them to put the rest of their family, the rest of their colleagues, the rest of their neighborhood, the rest of the country, the rest of the world at risk. Um, so what we're all going to have to do is learn, and what this is teaching us is, no man is an island, no island is an island. You know, the kind of nationalism that we've been seeing, you know, America versus China, we are all interconnected. This virus has been what it's taken to show us that. So we, we cannot keep on making choices just for ourselves or just for our country or just for humanity and take no responsibility because it will come back and bite us all on the arse and that's what's happening now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're going to individual choices for your individual well-being and then your impact and the interdependency between you and everybody else. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a uh, perfect way to round things off uh, as the first in what I have little doubt will be the first in a number of episodes that we record together in the weeks and months ahead. I have little doubt that we'll be speaking again, not yeah, in the I not too distant that. future. So, Angela Vossen, Core Clinics. Thank you so much for joining us on the Corporate Escape Plan. Really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your time with us for the benefit of our audience. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Craig. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for helping us to help people. Oh, it's a pleasure. Bye. So just to close here, I would just repeat the details of the Facebook group that is run by Core Clinics. It is called Core Connects, so that's C-O-R-E-C-O-N, Nova, N, Nova, E-C-T-S. And you can find that on Facebook, so if you head to Facebook and type Core Connects into the search field, you will find the group where you can join, and we will be bringing Angela or members of the Core Connects team back to talk to us again as the situation continues to unfold. Thank you for listening and we will speak to you again real soon.